okay though. Yes. What do you have that you're putting on your skin right now? It's just it's just my um my uh pain cream that I that I just ordered. Nice. Yeah. It's um luckily the muscle that I have told you about is just an overused muscle, so there's nothing wrong with my hand. Oh, that's what the doctor said. Yes. So you mainly need to rest it then. Rest it, ice it, put cream on it. This is a good cream because it's there's no unnatural uh, chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has like a camphor oil and it has uh, menthol and it has some other stuff in it that um, is um, anti-inflammatory. And then I also um, I also put ice on it too. So and I'll um, Epsom salt. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, babes. Yeah, I'm glad it's not a, not a, uh, it's not a broken hand. <laughs> so well, it's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Just needs a little extra TLC. Nice. Yeah. When you were in the bathroom, huh? I got an update on my phone. Yeah. And I didn't check the whole thing, but it basically says that the new Clint Eastwood movie will uh, start streaming on HBO Max. Oh, really? I think either this weekend or next weekend. It's supposed to be pretty good. He just made it? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, it's coming out now. I don't know when he made it, but I'm assuming fairly recently. Yeah, because didn't he just recently retire from acting? I heard a rumor that he announced that he was retiring. Okay, because he is is quite, you know, he is getting up there. I want to say 92. Yeah, he's getting up there. He probably won't be uh, too long for this world. No. But I was thinking it might be fun to do a Clint Eastwood uh, movie weekend soon. Well, I have enjoyed, uh, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And uh, what was the other movie we saw? Uh, we watched The Outlaw uh, Josie Wales. The Outlaw Josie Wales. And? And uh, there's another one, isn't there? Yes. Uh, it was before The Outlaw Josie Wales. It was called Kelly Heroes. Oh, was he in Kelly's Heroes? Yes, he was. I did not know that. Oh, that was the 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 um that was that that military comedy, right? That it we was. Watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> I'm thinking what might be a good Clint Eastwood weekend. Yeah, is we do play Misty for Me, which I believe is the first movie he directed. Uh-huh. Pale Rider because it's streaming right now. Uh huh. Unforgiven, and then we end with Cry Macho. Cry Macho? That's the name of the new one. Oh. But what is, uh, when did Play Misty for Me come out? I want to say 1970. He also directed, um, did he also direct The Good, The Bad, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, or was it, um, out, The Outlaw Josie Wales? I think he did The Outlaw Josie Wales, but I could be wrong with that. Okay. I, um, I think it would be fun to do a Clint Eastwood weekend. What do you think? Uh, that's a possibility. Yeah. Possibility. It's the dream. Whoa. Yeah. Might be fun. Yeah. Appreciate him while he's still with us. Right. Yes. You know what movie I heard that's really good? What's that? It's an old movie called um, Flower Drum Song. I haven't heard of that. Tell me more. You never... I don't know much about it. I I forgot. Was it... um, Was it Mae West who was in it? Um, It's an old movie. Flower Drum Song. Interesting. I need to look that up because I've heard about it when I was in school and I heard it was good. Nice. We might have to watch that at some point, babes. Yes. Um, I also heard about this comedy starring Gene Harlow called Dinner at Eight or Dinner with Eight, I think. I think it's Dinner at Eight. Okay. 
That sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, that might be fun. Mm-hmm. We could have dinner before then and, and uh, <laughs> have eight and courses. Eight courses. No, I am not at a, that advanced to make an eight course dinner. Above. Oh, well, you're going to be doing it by yourself. I'll be hanging out in the living room. Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, why not? Because I always cook with you. Okay. And I cook by myself too, but I cook a then lot. Then you don't always cook with me. If you... Okay, I don't always cook with you, but when you're here, I mean, nice. I cook with you, Bubs. Nice, nice, That's nice. what I meant. You were trying to put words in my mouth, Bubs. Oh, it is. Words in my mouth. I am very excited to start this project where I'm going to be making more foods that are going to be frozen meals mm. that I can just heat up later on. Not, I mean, listen, the idea of eating frozen food, even if it's homemade yeah. in itself, isn't that revolutionary. No. But the thing I like about it is when I come home from your place or if I'm just out for the day, right. I'll know that I have something that's, I just have to heat up. And it's something quick and yeah. you already pre-made it. So it doesn't have to, it doesn't take long for it to heat up. And I think, um, Rachel Ray might have meals like that where you can prepare for the week. Mm-hmm. I think she has a, I think her show, she still has her show, uh, 30 minute meals and you pre-make them or you can pre-make them and you have your menu for the week or you could take them somewhere and heat it up something, something quick if you don't want to go through all the trouble of cooking something. Yeah, and it's it's just nice to be able to have that skill. Yeah, it is. It is. It it really is because um because sometimes if I'm like oh I don't want to I don't want to make anything on the stove I don't want to cook any rice it's like oh yeah I have something frozen Mm -hmm. I can just put that in the oven. Yes, even though yours doesn't make any noise. Well, it does make a noise. You just have to listen to it. Oh, you just have to listen carefully. But there's also um you can also feel the heat um coming out of the oven. Yeah, but that doesn't let you know when it's done preheating. I know, Bubs. I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. You almost tickled me, babes. I know. Hey! Hey. I said I know. Oh, good. Now you really know. (laughs) I knew before. I'm happy for you, babes. Mm. You are almost done with this Left Behind series. Not quite. I'm on the... The 11th book, which is, I have, I'm two books away, two more books away from finishing it. I'm not quite to the middle of the 11th book, but I'm sure it's going to go pretty fast. And then we're going to do Ready Player One. And the Givel. And the Givel at the same time. Oh, Bubs, I don't read the way you do, okay? What do you want to read first? I want to read Ready Player One first, but what do you want to read first? Because um, you've already read the Giver. I know, but I, I, I don't, I mean, it's not that, it's not that long either. Okay. Um, okay, we, maybe we read Ready Player One for Yes. Nice. <sighs> what? You're not always going to get your way, bub. I don't always get my way, babes. <laughs> I hope. I wanted to watch another movie after Gone with the Wind last night. I wanted to watch another episode of The Boys yesterday. I don't always get my way. I know you don't. <laughs> Maybe no. I should, though. The world would be a much better place. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would be. No, it wouldn't. For me, it would be. For you, but not everybody else. Well, good for them. Bob, for you, but not everybody else, okay? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I want you to... Where are you going? I'm putting the thing... I'm putting my cream back, Bob. Oh. 
We're here. Most people, keep talking. When they do podcasts, just focus on that, and they're not like doing stuff right. That's. I'm back. All right, good, good, good. (laughs) Just trying to keep you on your toes, babes. Right. Except I'm not on my toes right now. I do think you would benefit a lot from meditation and mindfulness practice. Uh, no thanks. Not that kind of meditation. <laughs> a different way of meditating. But I do it the correct way. No, you don't. Okay. Not the correct way. Yes. Maybe the new age way, but not the correct way. Well, they've been doing it my way for thousands of years, babes. Sure. Isn't me? It's a white one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, anyway. Do you ever feel, babes, what? that you might have uh, a slight form of either dyslexia or ADD? I don't. Okay. No, why? This is curious. No, I don't. Okay. I know you've been, uh, you know, spreading rumors around the rumor mill, but <laughs> I don't. I've been going up to all my friends and, and I'm like, <laughs> don't tell anyone Alana has dyslexia. <laughs> no, I do not. Oh, good. No, there there are telltale signs of dyslexia and uh, ADD or ADHD, and I don't have any of them. Okay, I was just wondering because you phrase sometimes you phrase things. Well, sometimes I stumble over my words. That's, yeah. That doesn't mean I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. sometimes if I'm forming ideas, I talk too fast, just like you have. Yeah, but I actually have dyslexia. I know, but I don't have dyslexia. <laughs> Okay. Buzz. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Touch my dick, Hey. You did it with your foot. <laughs> I didn't say I minded, babe. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> you're like, you're like, Bubs, quit trying to help me, okay? Uh, I love you, babes. Quit trying to diagnose me is what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay, give me a kiss. No. Why not? You want a kiss? Do I? Yeah. No. Yeah, you do. Come on, give me a kiss. No, you're splitting rumors on the rumor mill. Okay, give me a kiss. No. Well, we're just going to have to get rid of the mill then. Huh? We're just going to have to get rid of the mill then. Oh. Now, give me a kiss. Come on. No. Yeah, because you want a kiss. No. Yeah, you want a kiss. And stop diagnosing me. Okay, good. Then give me a kiss. You see, this is why I can't stay mad at him very long. Because you don't need to. Well, eventually I probably will, but... uh you're just so charming. Thank you, babes. And that's not always a good thing. I know, babes. Yes, you, I mean, I mean, I know that if I uh, get even the slightest bit mad at you, you're going to charm your way out of it, too. Well, that's a good thing, so no. you don't have to worry about it. What if you wanted to kiss me and I decide to run out of the room and hide in the closet? Oh, come on, babes. Don't be that melodramatic. Really? Some would say then that you probably are taking it a little bit too far. Well, what if it was something really bad, like you, uh... You played a joke on me and told me that, uh, like, if I had a dog, that my dog was lost. Oh, you're bringing up that uh, uh-huh. prank idea that I was kind of uh-huh. talking about. Uh huh. Well, you don't uh-huh. have a, jo- a dog. So I, I know, I know, but but if it were anything else, like, uh, hmm, let me think, uh, something that you know, I would really be mad at you for, and mm. I wouldn't be mad at for, I would be mad at you for a really long time. I was listening to Bill Hicks one day and he, you know, he was on stage and he did this joke in the South about he doesn't get why Christians wear crosses. It's kind of like fans of John F. Kennedy wearing guns around their neck and going up to Jackie Onassis and saying, hey, just thinking about John, 
you know, doing that type of stuff. Okay. So he gets off stage in the South. Yeah. And some Christians come up to him and they're like, hey, buddy, we don't appreciate what you said. We're Christians here. And he looks at them and he responds with, then forgive me. <laughs> okay. So that's what I would suggest for you, babes, if I go too far. You're here to forgive. Well, Bubs. You're here to forgive. Well, Bubs, listen, li- listen, though. You're forgetting something. What's up? Uh, forgiveness comes with repentance. So you got to do your fault. You got to do your, I almost said you got to do your fart. You got to do your part. That's what you're into, babes. No, Bubs, you got to do your part. I can't just forgive you and, and just forget like that. I do my part, babes. No, you don't. Yeah, I do all the time. Without repentance, there is no forgiveness. Oh, oh. well, I repent. You can't just ask me to forgive you and then keep doing it again. It doesn't work that way. Oh, well, good. Give me a gift. No. No, I, I just gave you one. Well, now you get to give I'll me give another one. I'll give you one later. No, come on, right now. No. No, because you won't. I'll give you one. No, you, won't. you won't. Do I? Yeah. Mm. I'll give you one later. Okay, good. <laughs> you see? You see, folks? This is what I deal with. An intelligent man who has your best interests in mind. Oh. An intelligent man that doesn't always have my best interests, but really knows how to make me laugh. And is way too charming for his own good. Oh. That sounds like uh, the start of a romance novel. What? Just your little blurb there. An intelligent man who has his best interests at heart but knows how to make me laugh. Who doesn't have charming. my best... Who doesn't know how to... Who doesn't have my best interests at heart that knows how to make me laugh but is too charming for... His own that good. Is, that is way too charming for his own good. Yes, yes, yes. Very yes. good, babes. Stay away from my the back of my knee. Okay. <laughs> Bubs, I'm what? telling you. What? All right, stop tickling me. You don't, you don't have to tickle me all the time, babes. Oh, but it's so fun. You oh, can't right. have all the fun. You see, he can't have all the fun. I need most of it, though. No, you don't need most and of it. I'll, and honestly, no. babes, when you're I say... Being, uh, you're being on. a little bit selfish with your fun. No, actually, it's actually, I'm doing you a favor. By oh, taking most of the fun. Me yes. a favor. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because if I gave you equal share of the fun, <laughs> you would pr- most people would probably overdose and die. And I don't want well, that to happen. It depends so on that's what, why I'm taking extra fun. Well, first off, you can't overdose on on uh casually tickling somebody. Okay. If it's excessive, that's one thing, and it's not excessive. It's just uh you know, on occasion, folks. On occasion. On occasion. Yes. Yes. Jayla. Yes. You have now had an experience watching Billy Butcher. Oh yeah. On the boys. Yeah. What do you think of it so far? We only watched the first episode. Um, I was willing to watch more, but you was. I. Put the kibosh on that. Yeah, the kibosh. That's a fun word. Kibosh. It sounds like a vegetable. It does. Yeah, I'm going to be cooking with kibosh. Nice. Anyway, um, where did that come from anyway? I don't know. Kibosh. But what did you think of the episode? Um, It wasn't as exciting as I wanted it to be, but then <laughs> that, but then that's something um, that's to be expected, right? Because it's just the beginning of the yeah. show. Um, I don't know what I think about everybody yet. I think um, there's some uh, definitely a weird cast of characters. Uh, Butcher is uh, is definitely different. Um, I don't know that he'll be my favorite character, but I know that he's your favorite character. Yes. And I'm not too sure about Starlight yet. Uh, she may end up being my favorite character. I think she will be, but keep going. I don't know. 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, I may like her more than I think. I, I don't know because it's just the, the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I do think that um, hers and Butcher's abilities are pretty cool. Well, Butcher's not a superhero. I mean, you know what I mean. Butcher, I mean, he just the way he gets stuff done. Yes. Yeah. That's what I meant by abilities, Bob. Okay. He's differently I, I knew that able. He wasn't a, I, I, that's so PC. <laughs> differently able, handicapable. He's handicapable. Oh my god. No, I'd say he's differently able. Oh, it's so PC. Thank you. Keep going. <clears throat> um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess I'll be finding out what kind of a person Butcher is. Um, Huey does kind of remind me a little bit about you, mm. just because of how he talks. Like mm -hmm. I can imagine you saying that. Uh, thank you for this weird conversation, but um, I don't want to be taken to a second location with you, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I butchered it. Yes, uh, thank you for the weird conversation, but I don't want to. I, I don't want to go to a second location with you. It's like. <laughs> Look, son, this is your last opportunity. <laughs> and then when they meet, he's like, do a lot of people shake their babies? Like this. And then he's shaking the nanny cam. Oh, That's right, right, right. Toy right. bear. Do a lot of women shake their babies? <laughs> I like the, the speech that Butcher gives him around this time when Huey is asking about, well, why don't we hear more stuff like this? Mm -hmm. And Butcher's saying, well, look around you, son. You have the superheroes in movies, merchandise. But the main reason is because people don't want to. Oh God, I'm, I'm I butcher everything, but it, like yeah, butcher. you butcher butcher. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something like people don't want people want to have the superheroes come in and do a job instead of just standing up and taking yeah. care of things by, by themselves. But I, I um, yeah, I, I like, I like um, what Huey was telling Starlight. You know, you fall, but you get up. Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm a fighter. I'm going to keep on fighting. And um, I like what she said to the Deep, because the Deep is another hero that um, I probably will, I, I will be learning more about. Mm -hmm. And she looks at him, and I'm guessing she looks at him square in the face and says, I am not going anywhere. Yeah, that was and great. I like that. I like that. That's That's, that's a fighter. The lady who plays Starlight, yes, and I told you this already, reminds me a lot of a young Sarah, Sarah Michelle, Michelle Gellar. And you can kind of see that just, I mean. Her voice does. And she looks kind of like her, too. Does she really? Yeah. Oh. Yes. And plus, she's a superhero, and Buffy is, you know, falls in that category, I think. Yes. Um. Yeah. And the deep is a guy that's um that can talk to fishes in the water, right? Correct. He's he's a water he's a superhero in water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think of Homelander? Uh well I don't I'm already understanding why why he's not a good guy already. Good, even though he doesn't smoke or drink. Well, there are a lot of people that don't smoke or drink that are not very nice to be around. Oh good. Yeah. Now, I, I don't care that he doesn't smoke or drink. The fact is that, um, well, I'm not going to go too far into it, but that um, he did he did uh, kill two people, several people. And um, that's not good. What do you think of Capes for Christ? Do you think that's a charity you're going to donate to? 
No, because it's not real. <laughs> I thought that was funny, though. The Capes for Christ guy? <laughs> And, and they go to saw the this, superhero club, and they and and they saw like a was it like a sign or what? Do you, what how would you explain that? No, he's just like a he's not in the in the seven, but he's in that world. He's kind of a well known superhero yes. who's a Christian, right? And he is anti gay, but he's you know with two guys, and it's implied that they're in a relationship. And and Huey says that's a Capes for Christ guy or something to that. Well, okay, you know, okay, yeah, that's odd. Yes, okay. I like that capes for Christ. But but they just saw him walk by them. No, they saw him at a table with his two boyfriends. Why do you know they were his boyfriends? Because Butcher kind of implies that. Well, but but then he also said, pray the gay away. That's right, but he's he's in a private club with two guys. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, and Butcher, if you know anything about him, has been doing research on the superheroes for a while. So some of the superheroes are just... Um, Disguised as superheroes. Well, they good. They the, good, the bad ones. They do good things to hide the fact that they're awful people. They're really the evil. Scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. like, it's. I think it's fine to be gay, but the one time where I think uh, I have a problem with somebody being gay is when they do things like say, "Pray the gay away" in public. And then they don't really believe it. Yeah, like if okay. you're that's if the you're one time be, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't like you being gay. Right. Yeah. I, 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 um, I don't want to judge, but go ahead. Oh my goodness. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I think that anyone, no matter what side you're on, if you're going to say something and you don't really believe it, don't say it. Yeah. Don't say it in public. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go public with it. If you really don't feel that way. I don't know. I, I think, I think all the way around, if someone is not, um, not being the person that they really are, um, in public is uh it really it really falls on deaf ears after a while wasn't there a famous preacher maybe 10 years ago i want to say in colorado who said really hateful things about gay people and then it came out that he was gay and was a christian oh oh you're talking about ted haggard right maybe that's ted haggard ted haggard he no he had um he had a, a sexual relationship with some guy and um I think that was him. Was he a meth addict, or am I remembering that? No, 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 no. no, no he it, wasn't. No, he he was in. He was engaging in sexual activity with some guy, and it came out. And I I don't like it when that happens. It's no. really discouraging. It's like, look, if you're going to say something like that that you you don't you are you don't you don't you don't agree with the lifestyle, at least. Don't participate in it. Yeah, I mean, you'll still be a bigot, but at least you won't be a hypocritical one. He's not so necessarily a bigot. I think that um, that uh, the people that are so against it, is the the one thing that, that, that they want to say is, that, oh, this person's a bigot, they're not accepting, but... Um, but uh, it's... And it's not that the person's judging them. However, I will say this. That um, Ted Haggard was in the wrong, and he should not. And and if he's going to come out and and tell his and and give his um, if he's going to preach on it, then uh, practicing what he preaches should have been happening, but he wasn't. Nice. And but, I don't I don't like it when people don't practice what they preach. Nice. But I remember the, it wrong. Then you're saying there was no crystal meth. No, I don't okay. think so. Good, good, good. I, I, I. There might have been, I don't remember, but I know that there was um, some canoodling 
Nice. He was doing some canoodling with men. And then there was that homeboy, uh, Larry, Larry Craig. Who? He was a... Larry Craig? Yeah, he was a politician who was like in the George W. Bush camp of things, hated gay people. And then he was caught in these um, situations in like, I think, truck stops where he would get blowjobs from guys. Larry Craig? I don't know who that is. Yeah, you should Google him. Larry- he was very, very anti-gay politician. Um, who was getting who was getting stuff done in in like restaurant stops? If I, I remember, right. I that that really is disturbing to me. Yeah. I don't like it when people um, they preach their opinion, but they don't practice it. I think it's I think it's um, it's so um, it's so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. I I don't like that hypocrisy, and no wonder why uh, non Christians are so critical of Christians like that because they're so self righteous. Yes. And I never like that. Nice. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to reach somebody like that, it's better to do it. It's better to do it in love and not, um, and not try to force it down their throat because it's not going to work with anybody, really. I imagine it goes both ways, right? Like, I don't think that there are any straight people pretending to be gay, right? But uh-huh. I wonder if there are any atheists who badmouth Christians in public, but in secret are big believers. They, there might be. There might be, right? I think it's. Uh, I think that would be terrible if. It, I mean, I. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there are Christians that are um, in private or atheists. I would imagine, yeah. right? Or they they have a persona of Christianity, but they're really not. Like, I I don't know this, and this is not meant to badmouth Trump. Our persona, yeah. But I've all I've always had the feeling that Donald Trump is probably an atheist. It's just a feeling I get. Okay. Yes. Um, I've heard, uh, I've heard different things about that. Mm. Um, I understand that there are Christians that are very flawed and I mean, we're all flawed people. It doesn't matter what side you fall on. Even the bald God here has some issues. Yeah. You definitely have issues. Few, but some go ahead. Huge issues. No, go ahead. Um, and Christian or non-Christian, we're all very, very flawed people. But, um, and I don't know much about his, uh, I mean, I think I did hear something about, um, that he did go to church as a kid and, um, and he has since changed a lot of his thinking Mm -hmm. from when he used to be in the democratic party. And, um, uh, there's a lot of things that he changed. Um, but I, I think that a person that can look over their life and say, you know what? Um, I'm a flawed person, but I know that I can change. I I always, I always admire people that say, I know I need to improve myself. I know I need improvement and I'm, and I want to change. Um, but it's the ones that are just com- continuing, continuingly are the ones preaching at people to do better, but they're not they're not improving themselves. Yeah, that happens that's, a lot. That's, that's, and they're not, and they're hypocrites. And I've, uh, I've noticed that even in churches and it's so, um, frustrating to me. It's, it's frustrating to me. Yeah. And, and, I, and the thing is too, it's like, it's easy to pick on Christians like this and it's easy to pick on what I would consider the other, like the conservatives do this. But for real, I know a lot of people who are liberal and who do things like this but uh, yeah 
Yeah. You know, so it's it's not just limited to one particular community. But I have to remember, too, thinking about my own self, that it's easy for me to judge other Christians mm-hmm. if they're not doing right. But I have to think, well, what am I doing wrong? What it, What's wrong? I mean, what do I have to do to improve myself as a believer instead of looking at other people? Because I could do that, but it's it's a waste of time, really. Yeah. It's a waste of time and it's frustrating what can I do to improve myself and um, to be the best um, to, 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 uh, you know, what can I, what can I do uh, to help other people instead of thinking about how, how better of a Christian I can be? Well, uh, to, uh, and then this person, this leads to an interesting question. When is it a good time to look at somebody who's really messing up and being super there are times where you, there are some times where you have to do that mm-hmm. I mean there are people i I've been in so many churches where people were just so some people are just so fake, yeah, and there are times where you have to say, "Look, I've been watching you, you're not who you say you are, and I really think that you should look at yourself so Let's take somebody like Ted Haggard, and I don't know a lot about him. I don't know about him, but I believe that um, he's still married to his wife. Okay. If he isn't already dead, I don't remember if he is or not. I think he, I think he's still alive. So Ted Haggard was pretty well known. Yes. Hated gay people. I don't, Bubs, let me, let me clear something up. I don't know that he hated gay people. I think he hated the lifestyle, and I think a lot of people get that wrong. I don't know about that. No, I, I think they get it wrong because they think, well, if you're against the lifestyle or against gay people, and that's not, that's actually inaccurate. But go on, go on, go on. Okay, yeah, well, let's not get into a debate on that because that's, that could really lead us down a whole other bizarre rabbit hole. I know, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But for the sake of this discussion, he, he had issues with gay people. Let's put it nicely. Yes. Okay. And was secretly at least bisexual, if not full-on gay. Right. Let's say I'm a regular goer to his church. And and I actually know him because I think he ran a mega church. But let's say I was, I wasn't best friends with him, but I knew him from around the way. Yeah. And this comes out, and I say, well, he's a complete hypocrite. He's uh-huh. he's living this double lifestyle because of him. I no longer talk to my son who is gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I also say, okay, he's really bad with that. But he also said some stuff that really resonated with me with this. Yeah. And I'm wondering, obviously you don't know (coughs) Ted Haggard, Mm -hmm. but has there ever been anybody you've known from the Christian community who you thought was hypocritical about some major issues and also taught you something about the Bible that was key to your development? Um, I can't think of any offhand. Um... Well, I, that's a good question, actually. That's a very good question. I have to really think about that. Mm. I can't, I can't answer it at the moment because I, I have to think about people that I, I, um, am fairly close to that are hypocritical on some things. I got to think about that, actually. Yeah. I mean, but I've seen a lot of people that I don't associate with anymore that are very much hypocrites. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I can't use the example of the Bible in my own life, but what I can say is there have definitely been people who have been hypocrites, who I've known, who've done horrible things, and yet have taught me lessons 
that were beneficial that I still use today. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I but I think there is a time where uh it, it is it is said in, it, it does talk about in the Bible about believers uh correcting lovingly and also um admonishing uh other believers um that are not that are not living the way that they should live because they're they're looking at their life and it's affecting the way that it is affecting the way that they have um interact with people um the way that they're sharing their faith is now uh on the verge of being tarnished Mm. because of it and i think there's a time and a place to do that and there have been some times where um i felt that people should be doing a believer should be doing that more to um other believers lovingly but also in some ways in some ways there is time for rebuking Mm. yeah it is time for it, it is time for rebuking in the I don't know if you know what that means. It means uh, I do, but for anybody else who doesn't know, maybe you should say. Uh, Basically, rebuking means to sharply admonish somebody. Mm. So let's take somebody like Ted Haggard. Let's take him out of the uh, picture. Let's say that you go to one of these churches that's fire and brimstone, and every week the... Preacher does a 15-minute rant about how horrible gay people are, right? Every week for several years. But you're 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 loving the fire and you're enjoying the brimstone, so it's all oh good. Oh my goodness. And then it comes out that this guy is gay and was trying to hide it. Um I think I do, would what Well, my question is Yes. Do you forgive? And if you forgive what are the consequences for do you think should be for somebody like that? Should they no longer be able to be a preacher? Should they be ostracized from that particular community? I would maybe what I would do is I would take two maybe one or two people with me and I would talk to them about what I what is going on and and we and I think that me with two other people or maybe one other person go to the pastor and say, Hey, we are very concerned for you. We don't know what's going on with you because you, um, you preach about something totally different, but yet you live a double life. And does your family know about this? And we, we go to him with the concerns and then we do it again. Um, but then um, there, there, so I've never been around when this happens, but mm-hmm. I know I've heard of instances where churches have actually, um, um, actually had to, um, uh, to have a vote to, uh, to vote, uh, for their pastor to, um, step down from pastoring. Yeah. And I think it's important because. If the pastor is, or either that, or what, what, what people have done was they've also, um, they've also left the church. If, um, pastors are preaching something that they don't, that are, uh, very much affecting them and the congreg the rest of the congregation, because it's very, um, hypocritical of what they're doing. So a couple things would happen. They could vote, vote him out of the ministry, 
or people have also left and gone to other churches. So how does that work? Like, let's say I'm a hypocritical preacher and I get caught. So I leave the church and move a, a couple states over and start preaching at some new place. And y'all find out about it. Well, first off, if it was, I guess I should explain this because it's kind of uh, complicated. Go ahead. So if a pastor was, if a pastor left the church and he never uh, formally made a statement that he was going to leave because he was called to pastor somewhere else or, um, or what have you. If it was um, in the, if, if the church was governed in the way of the New Testament, then another church who is affiliated with that church would have to get some kind of a, um, a letter, a questionnaire or a letter uh, asking them, uh, well, do you recommend, you know, asking the church that they, that he was pastored in, right? Oh, okay. So it's not just, it's not like a Catholic church where you can just go someplace else. No, 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 no. If there are churches that are in fellowship together, if it was, um, if they were, um, churches that were, um, uh, that were like the churches in the churches in the New Testament, mm-hmm. they would have to go through the one church that has, um, help them in in um starting another uh work in that fellowship and they would have to say okay I want to move to this church is it is it okay for us to accept the other church that he wants to go to yeah. is it okay for us to accept you as our pastor I I think if that's if I'm not mistaken they have to ask him a bunch of questions and what they what he believes and there are churches that will not that 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 ha- that can decide that they will not accept um that pastor as their new pastor because of certain things. Nice. So he can't just go on. Go on like that. Nice. Um because I've been to churches that um do things um following the way that the uh, New Testament Testament believers have done it. And I honestly think that's a better way of doing things when it comes to um uh, Figuring out what to do about a preacher that has uh, gone by the wayside. If that makes any sense. It does. So he can't just go anywhere because he's going to be found found out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like for example, if, a, if it's found out that a preacher has had a history of pedophilia, mm-hmm. there should be no reason why he should ever pastor. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's good. So I, I mean, I, because in the Catholic religions they hide pedophiles. So no, 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 no. I'm that's... glad that they don't do that in the churches you go to. Yes. 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 And I think that's. I think that's very. Um, I think it's very good that churches have done that. Yeah. I wonder how they still get away with doing that legally. Catholic churches because I... they hide pedophiles all the time, right? Um, you hear not about it a lot. all you hear about it a lot. I mean, they're coming out with it a lot. I don't think every single priest is, but there's a lot of them that are. I, I told you, babes. Uh-huh. I can't remember if I said it here. If I did, I'm repeating myself. Yeah. Before the days of Alana J Lo, yeah, 
I dated a girl who grew up Catholic. Now she wasn't when I met her. I think I think but, I remember you telling me yeah. the story. And she would always get upset when I said, though there's a lot of pedophiles in the church. She's like, that's not always the case. Meanwhile, she told me into our relationship that uh 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 I do they call them preachers? Priests. Priests. Yeah. A priest hit on her when she was a kid, and a priest tried to get with her brother when he was a kid. See, that, that okay, that. okay, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. If she's going to say that and get upset about it, she already knows firsthand. <laughs> she already knew firsthand. But I think the um, evangelical churches are much more strict. Nice. Once they find out, even the mega churches, once they find out that this pastor is doing this on the side, I mean, their, their ministry is pretty much gone. Oh, that's good. And I think that that's, that's a consequence they have to, to take. They have to face. I like that. Yes. I, I think they, I think any, every, anyone that does that should be held accountable for it. I mean, I, ideally they should go to prison for the rest of their life or get the death penalty. But... Not the death penalty, but I do think they can't be in society anymore. Yeah. They have to be in uh, some kind of a, uh, a correctional facility forever. You know, I'm thinking about this, babes, and we've already established that the death penalty is one of the few areas where I'm more conservative than you are. Which is which surprises me, actually. Yeah, but I'm wondering what other areas. I don't know that the word is conservative. Are. I think you're more strict on it. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, but you know, the typical ideal of a liberal is we're always against the death penalty. And I guess maybe in some ways I'm not your typical liberal, but. No, you're not. Um, in some ways. And the typical idea of a conservative is they're very, very pro-death penalty. And you're in favor of Yeah, but of within it. reason, though. Within reason. I don't think that child molesters or um, sexual predators should die, but I do think that they need, they cannot be in society. They can't, there's, they cannot be in a place where children are. They can't be in a place where women are. They can't be in a place where men and boys are. Um, it's dangerous. I think they need to be in, uh, unfortunately, I think they need to be in a, a correctional facility or somewhere in the woods with other pedophiles. Well, my point was, I mm -hmm. wonder what other areas there are where you lean more liberal than I do. I don't think there really is a lot. Mm. I, I, I really don't. I don't either. I doubt that there is because I can't. There's got to be something, though. I don't think so. I have a Donald Trump question, but don't worry. It's not It's not like an extreme one about, did you know he said this or yeah. did you know he did or uh, Yeah, because I really don't want to go down a political rabbit hole today. We always could, but not today. No. It's very, very likely, unless there's some sort of weird health scare, that Donald Trump is going to run for president in 2024. And I think we both agree on that. Not necessarily. Oh, you don't think that he will? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Okay. I said, I think something's going to happen before 2024, but I don't know what it is yet. Mm. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. here's my question for you. Yeah. Donald Trump runs for president again, and he has this reputation for saying it like it is, which we're not going to go on my feelings about that. But let's say he comes out and he says, I want to be honest with everybody. And just so you know, I know that I have a huge base of evangelical voters but I want to be upfront with you and let you know that I am a atheist. Would you vote for him? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I really don't think he is. And, and by the way, it's not like I've read that he is in a book. I just get the sense that he's an atheist. He could be wrong about that. I could be wrong about that. He could be very wrong about it. But let's say he came out and said that he was an atheist. 
I, I, I wouldn't believe it. Even if he said it himself? No, I wouldn't. I would, I would want to have, I would want to know proof because, um, if you're going to say that your favorite book is the Bible and you're, you're an atheist, that wouldn't make any sense. No, I do know atheists like that. That doesn't make any I sense. I know, but you know the person. No, no, no. I know that, but yeah. he's weird. Okay. I, I, I love this guy, though. <laughs> I, know, I know he's your friend, but I'm sorry. That's weird. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And we're not going to mention who it is. No, no, no. But I know he's your friend, but your friend is weird, bub. you got weird friends. I do. I love my friends, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't make any. That would. That's it's kind of an oxymoron. I agree. Isn't it? I agree. Thank you. Yes. I really don't think this guy's. I really don't think that um, this guy would say something like, "My favorite book is a Bible," and then admit that he's an atheist. Because I, I, I've heard too many of his speeches to know that. I, I don't think he would do that. Mm. I honestly wouldn't. I, uh, yeah, I. That is something that I would want to know proof of. Okay. But if he said it live on Newsmax. Bubs, I don't even listen to Newsmax anymore, Oh, thank God. No, but Bubs, there's a reason reason for it. I'm not going to go into it. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I do want to know, but I I said I'd I'd keep it light, so we're... No, because if I told you, we're going to go on a political rabbit hole, and I don't really want to do that. Uh Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Fair enough there, Jay Wolf, fair enough there. Yes, 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 yes. I like that we can talk about religion. Yes, I'm. I'm glad that we um we are able. You are able to ask me questions and and all that stuff. There's hope for you yet, babes. No, there's hope for there you. There's hope for you. There's hope for, for you. you. For you. For you. For you. <laughs> I just have this vision in my head, babes. If Jesus is the Messiah and we both die and I get in and me and Jesus are partying and you're just like hanging out in, in like a corner somewhere. This is exactly why <laughs> this is exactly why I have Bible studies with you because um I don't believe you got the handle of the person of Jesus, Bubs. Oh. He sat with the pub- the publicans and sinners but never partaking of their sins. Oh. He's he's not that kind of a a god. Bubs. Well, but you would appreciate the bald god, I think. Bub, you're not a bald god. Okay. As soon as you get that straight, then we can move on. All right, well, give me a kiss, because that's no. going to help me get it straight even faster. No, you're not. No. Well, it'll help even faster, even if no. not right now. Come on. Okay. And you got to respect God's creatures, babes, and I'm one of God's creations. So. He may be, but not God's child. But we haven't oh. go in that. Yet. Uh, I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> Uh-oh. So... Do you ever find yourself holding back when you're around other people? Like what? Well, with anything? Yeah, with anything. Because sometimes I like to present myself as, hey, I'm a rebel man. I'm kind of outside the system and I say whatever comes to my mind. But that's not always the case. And I'm wondering, how often when you're around others, do you self-censor? It depends on who the person is. Hmm. Because... There are people that, I mean, I'm not the kind of person, like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'll just say whatever I want to, right? Because I think there's a time where you have to pull back a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of person that will just say whatever comes to my my mind. Or w- would say whatever I feel like. Um, I think that can be very dangerous. Um, it really all depends. Because there are some people where I feel like I can be myself with. Because I'm not... I'm not the kind of person that 
is an outspoken person, but you've allowed me to be. Yes. I feel like um, I don't have to hold back when I'm around you because you already know what kind of person I am. And um, I can speak. I can tell you how I feel without feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm judged for it. I think that's a reason I have such a wide variety of people in my life is yeah. because I've heard other people say, well, you know, I couldn't talk about this with other people, but with you, I, you make me feel like really open just to be myself. Exactly. And it depends on the pe the people mm -hmm. like, um, my friends in Hawaii, um, there are some things that I never told them about me or how I, um, you know, things that have happened to me in my past, um, as I was growing up because, because we, it's been so long since we've been together in a room and, um, I feel like in some ways I can be myself around them, but there's still some things about me that they don't know. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Um, and it's not that I don't want to tell them. It's that, well, well, what if I told a lot of them, would they still think that I'm, you know, would they be as judgmental as I'm, I feel that they might be? If, if that makes any sense. It does. Uh, with my one friend that I've known for a long time, I don't think she would. I told her, I told her something that I, I don't really, I told you that, but I haven't told um, a lot of people that, like I haven't even told m the rest of my family, except for maybe two people. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> you could probably guess what it might be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I felt like, and she may have forgotten it already, but I, I felt like I could tell her because she's known me for so long. I mean, she's known me since I was like seven years old and I don't feel like I would be judged by her because she knows the kind of person I am. Yes. And if she wanted any further explanation, I could tell her, Yes. but I don't know that I could tell uh, the other people that I'm not as close to because I don't know how they would take it. I don't know if they would say, oh, we thought you were like this, but you're really, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're a phony or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I guess my question would be, my answer would be, um, the long answer would be, yes, there are people that I feel like I, I have to, to, um, hold myself back. Based in my interactions with you and <laughs> what you've seen of me around my friends, do you think that I hold back too much? No. Okay. No, and and these are just like a few of them that I met, so mm -hmm. I don't know every one of them. Of I my friends, yes, yeah, yes. But I think in some ways, because I don't know your friends, I feel that I can't share a lot with them. Well, yeah, they're my friends because they're your friends, right? So yeah, I I mean that those those are those instances where I can't the instances where I can't um really show them how I really am. But that's why they get to listen to this. Right. And that way I can show them how I really am. Let's talk about what you really think of so-and-so. I got a <laughs> list of friends. Yeah. And I'll lead you, read you off each name. I mean, well, somebody asked me a long time ago because mm -hmm. there are people that I am civil to and I tolerate, but I don't really like them. Right? It doesn't, yeah. you know. And someone asked me, how can you be so nice to these people? Because I said, well, I'm nice to them. I'm civil towards them. That doesn't mean I like them. Because I realized that 
not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody, there's, not everybody um, is going to agree with me and I'm not going to agree or like everybody. And I have to, and I had to come to grips with it. It's just the way of the world. That's just how it is. You, you are not designed to, we are not designed to like everybody, but we can work with them. I'm not going to say any names here. Okay. But there's somebody, and she was kind of in the community. That uh, you are a part of. That I'm a part. I won't give too many details away, but what I will say is, to the best of my knowledge, she's never lived in Portland. Okay. Right, so it's nobody from Portland. That I that you think I would know. Well, you wouldn't know this person all anyway. Right. They're, they're not, par- they're not oh. blind. All right, all right. All right. Um, but they know people in the blind community. Yes, okay. Never lived in Portland, to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Because uh, I don't want people to listen and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I, I know who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh-huh. right. yeah. Um, and she would make these, like, little, like, sly comments, uh, which I can't really go into because of my gift. Were they snide or sly? They were kind of sly. Sly, okay. Yeah. On on the sly, on in, in person and also on her Facebook page. Oh. Like, I read a post that she wrote. Yeah. And... Let's just say there's a group of us who kind of hung out. Uh-huh. And one day she wrote a post talking about everybody in the group and what they had done for her except for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, that's, that's just one example. And it's okay. not that she's a horrible person. Yeah. But it's just that she had issues with me and I don't know what they were. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm, perhaps I said something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know who that is right now. And, and you've never met this person. No, and I... And but I, but yeah. that's not exactly the point of the story. Yeah. Point of story is, I thought to myself for a while, wow, this person doesn't like me, and I don't know the reason why, and yeah. isn't this unfair? And then I realized, no, there are people that I don't like, for, and I just can't explain it, but I, I just don't yeah. like them. And so, I unfriend the person on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You're probably hardly ever going to see her again. And if by whatever miracle you're in the city that she lives in and you run into each other, you can be civil. You don't have to blow up on this person yeah. and let them live their life. So I, I, so I'm thinking about people that I like or don't like or that liked me for a while but don't like me now, mm-hmm. right? So I want to bring up uh, – did I ever bring this up here about the, the loss of a friendship that I, I just went – I've been going through? You brought it up, but it was right after it happened, and now you had the chance to think about it a little bit more. So if you want to talk about it, um, I, I won't go into too much details, but um, said person I was friends with for uh, 17 years. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but I got – an email from this person in July when she never emailed me for a year and she didn't really go into detail about why. In fact, she didn't go into detail why, but it had to do with politics and I'm, I'm trying to still make sense of it. I may not even read the email. I'm, I'm the rest of it. I'm still trying to make sense of it. Like, well, was it just a matter of time before this person decided, okay, I no longer want to be friends with this person because this is building up? Or was it just the one nail in the coffin that was going to push this person over the edge and say, I don't want to be friends with this person? With me, I mean. I wonder that. Or 
was it possible that this person didn't really like me from the beginning and they are just being friends with me be uh, because of, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to process it. It's, I don't know the situation completely. Yeah. But it's. I just, it just, it just boggles my mind. It, I would find it unlikely if she was pretending to be your friend for that long. It's probably that something happened and, you know, people change and grow in different ways. It just, it just saddens me. It really does. Yeah. It saddens me because so many things we have done together. Uh, she met my family. I met her family. I just don't know why something is ridiculous. And, you know, honestly, um, something as as little as politics could ruin somebody's friendship. I just don't know. I love the internet, babes. Yeah. But one of the downsides to it, I think, is that it's made us a lot more divisive as far as political views goes. Yes, it does. Uh, like, people... Here's something that the left says that I disagree with. And not everybody, but a lot of people. And I should say the mainstream left, like the Hillary uh -huh. Clinton type of people. Uh. Not the secular talk people or or necessarily or or, or um, democracy now or anything like that. But uh. a lot of people on the like left uh -huh. mainstream try to say, oh, Trump is a problem. Yeah. And they don't realize that Trump in, is part of the system and is a manifest manifestation of the system. So it's I think people on the left have it. Have, I'll always have this theory that, oh, if you get rid of Trump, we'll just go back to having natural discourse. And what they don't realize is, uh -huh. no, it's because of the internet. It's not because of Trump that we're divided. It's you because of it's the, the internet. internet? Yeah, it's because it's for sure because of the internet. And and Trump is just so, a representation. So, do you think that, that if we got rid of the internet, it, it, our problems our problems would go away? I don't think our problems. I don't think all of them would. But I think the way we talk about politics would be a little bit less divisive. Well, because, I mean, there are people that want to talk about it and they want to talk about it freely and openly, but then there are other people like you, like I would ag agree with you on this, that all they do is blame and shame, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's not okay with anybody, right? Mm -hmm. All they do is blame and shame. They don't want to listen to other people's views and they don't want to work together and they don't want to come up with solutions together. But there are people that are like, hey, why don't we talk about this? You know, we may disagree on things, but we can actually help each other. Yeah, where do we agree? Yeah, I know. And it's like blaming and shaming and attacking people and calling people idiots and racists are not, it's not going to work. And the same people that are doing the blaming and shaming have a lot of issues too. Yeah, and it goes on on both sides. Um, I, I don't agree with blaming and shaming on anybody's side, but it's like, it's like if you're going to – if you're not going to be a part of the solution, then you're a part of the problem. What's something that most liberals and conservatives likely agree on? And something I think of is that the system is corrupt, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, a lot of the system – like the justice system is corrupt. The, um, the, the judicial system is corrupt. Government is corrupt. Yeah, I actually um, wasn't finished talking. I'm sorry. That's okay. I saw we. And, yeah, I agree with you on that. Okay. And we might have different reasonings behind that. Like, I might think, well, it's because of money and politics, and it's because 
bribery and whatnot. And a conservative and a conservative might look at it and they might say, well, it's because of hippie ideas. But we at the end of the day, we all believe the system is corrupt Mm -hmm. and we might have different reasons or different ideas of what can change the system. Um, But we can agree that the system is corrupt. So, okay, we agree that the system is corrupt. We don't agree on how it got that way and we don't agree how to change it. Can we find, since we we agree on the big issue, can we find these smaller solutions that will actually affect your everyday life? So instead of going into, I should vote for Trump or I should only be a Bernie supporter, well, what can I do in my community this week that will make a slight difference? Can we find an agreement on something like that and then work from there? Right. I, 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 it's possible. It's possible if, um, if there are people, and I think there are some issues on, on um, both sides that um, some liberals and conservatives are standing, like like here's an issue that maybe I could bring up, right? Go ahead. Um, like um, uh, maybe we could maybe we could talk about like um, girls in sports, right? Yeah. Girls, and guys competing in sports together um when and we both we both agree that if um a guy is saying that he is a girl and is competing against a girl in a sport women young women or young girls that guy should not be competing against that girl because anatomically He's going to win. Yeah. And l- let me throw this caveat in here mm-hmm. is I agree. And I also agree that I don't know somebody's lived life experience. So I can't judge if somebody's really transgender or if they're saying that to get into the sport. Yeah. Uh, all I know, all I understand, how do I want to phrase this? All I believe is that from my own life experience, women are not as strong as men on average. Oh, well, that is, that that is very true. We're talking about physical strength. I'm not talking about mental strength. No, that, that, that is very true. And so to me looking at it on the surface, it seems like it would give somebody an unfair advantage. Absolutely. But that doesn't, but I'm still for transgender rights. Okay. Yes. Right. But I mean, but, but I mean, if you're looking at this one issue alone, yeah, I think you would both agree that because women are naturally weaker than men, saying that a man is a woman who, when clearly the man has, the, he has a muscle strength of a man, that, that's not uh, truthful. That's not truthful. Hmm. And, and I think that, um, that forcing women to compete against a man who wants to be a woman is, is, is not right. Yeah. And I, and you could also take other issues, for example, we have a problem with poverty in this country. Mm-hmm. So what's a good solution? Well, we can't change everything, mm-hmm. but maybe liberals and conservatives could work together on something like a community garden. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, and the homeless issue, right? We can't, we, we don't know the exact root of it because there's so many things that, um, come with it. But, um, like places like um, shelters, right, that are helping homeless men and women to get off of their, <clears throat> get back on their feet mm-hmm. and, um, <coughs> excuse me, 
tickle in my throat. Um, to get off their feet and work towards going to either go to school or get a job and help out, um, you know, do something for the community. Um, I think that's one of the um, one solution that could help um, a lot of the homeless problem right now. Yeah. In and, general. And we're, we would disagree about some other stuff. So I think that we should have more low-income housing and more access. So I used to have an uh, internet radio show. And mm-hmm. I interviewed somebody um, who, had a, who was a wheelchair user. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me that there's a lot of things that keep wheelchair users out of giving giving services and the example that Mm. she gave was Mm. there are a lot of battered uh women's shelters that aren't accessible if you use a wheelchair interesting yeah yeah so a lot of women who are battered that are in wheelchairs uh, and are are, are in wheelchairs are forced to stay with their spouse yeah i wanted to um be a wife better no no go ahead no 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 when i was in high school I wanted to volunteer at a battered women's shelter because I wanted to write a paper on it for my um my senior project, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing um a paper on homelessness, which actually um I learned a little bit in the time that I was doing my research. And also when I volunteered at the that um that shelter. Yeah. So they're they're all from different walks of life. Some of the women have children, which is really, really sad. Um, and they were trying to help, um, this one woman was, and I won't mention these people's names, but the one, there's one woman in the shelter that was working on getting her kids back because of issues that she got into. And I mean, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And some of them were as, some of them were around my age. That's right. I was uh, 19 at the time. So mm. what? Nothing. What? Nothing, babes. Keep going. Oh my goodness. Some of them were my age and it was really sad to see and um and some of them were like old enough to be my mother. You know, or or, or older close to even. It. Older than my mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old a lot of them were, but it's very sad. Very, very sad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sad white. Interesting stuff to think about, babes. It is something to think about. And I think it's I think that we we should keep on talking about it and not worry so much about not worry. And, and if we could figure out a way to not worry so much about political affiliation and actually think of real solutions. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like nothing good has come out of the internet, mm-hmm. but as far as politics goes, it's, it's been very divisive. I think that there are people that feel like they can't express themselves because if they do, they're going to be canceled. And, and we've seen that already with the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's right. On it, it doesn't even matter where you fall. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, council council culture is not a new thing. It's it's always been around. It's so but bad. It's gotten out of control. And also PC culture too. Well, there's council culture on the right as well, babes. Well, I'm not talking about that. But you just said PC culture. That's usually... No, it's not. A code word no, for lefty. No, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> a lot of lefties do that. But there's council... <laughs> Look at Little Nas X, okay, uh, and the Satan Shoe. Yeah. Look at, you know, it, it, it happens on the right too, babes. 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, I think we're done with talking about that because <laughs> there's other things to talk about. I was like, how do I keep talking about this? Oh, we're bringing up white wings? Bubs! No, no, no. Okay, we can... Come on. Come on, babes. Give me a kiss I'll first. I'll tickle you again. Oh, I kissed you away. Well, you get to kiss me again. Why? Because most people would kill for this opportunity. Are you trying to charm your way out of it no, now? No, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss, babes. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Dinner was good last night, Jen. Oh, my goodness. It was really good. We made um, a kale salad over rice. We also put um, cucumber, uh, tomato, and a couple of avocados on top of that and feta cheese. In our kale salad. Yes. It yes. was really good. I liked it. Yeah. Yes, yes, Good yes. job with the rice, but Thank you, babes. Yeah. I'm st I'm still debating on whether or not to buy a pasta maker. Well, I would <laughs> I would look at the size of your place and also <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think you should hold off on it. Okay. Um because and I like your I do like your apartment and I like your building, but your place is it seemed a lot smaller when I got in there. The kitchen definitely is smaller than yours. Yes. And I'm trying to, you know, if I ever have another appliance, because um, I think I have more appliances that I know what to do with now, <laughs> even though my kitchen is slightly bigger than yours. Mm -hmm. And in an apartment, you can't really, you know, you, you have very limited space. I believe that you would benefit from a food processor. Uh -oh. But that's just me, babes. Uh-oh. 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 J-Lo. Yeah. Typically, we will watch two movies a night, uh -huh. but yesterday was yes. the exception to the rule. Yes. We only watched one film. Mm -hmm. uh, now, it's an older movie, so I'm not sure how many people know of it. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people do. It's called Gone with the Wind. Yeah, and if you don't know about it, you will know about it now. If you don't know, now some you know. Of our, uh, some of our 20-something uh, uh, viewers may not know about Gone with no, the Wind. No, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. If you haven't heard about it, you will hear about it. <laughs> so a question actually is, do yeah. we even need to give a description of it? Because I think most people have seen it. I don't know that everybody has. I mean, it took me this long to see it. Remember that. We could, I guess you could give a description of it if you want. It's a long movie, though. Yeah. I will give you the basic premise, Okay. Scarlett O'Hara is the main character in the movie, the main antagonist in the movie, played by uh, none other than Vivian Lee. She's very, very good in this movie. I mean, this is like, this is the, the, the best out of the two movies I've seen with her. This is the best one. Mm -hmm. um, she plays Scarlett O'Hara. She's a, she's a rich woman. Uh, she's also very spoiled and very self-centered. Hashtag white privilege. Oh my goodness. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, and she lives with her family in their, their estate called Tara. Um, Mammy is the, um, the woman who has uh, taken care of her since she was a young child. Mammy's a slave. Mammy is a slave. Um, I guess they call her a mammy because that's the the name of the um the that's what they call them, right? Their well, yeah. I, I want to do Slave and nannies, right? a quick aside note, and maybe this is appropriate, maybe it's not. 
as you know, in the blind community, you either fall into you're poor or you grew up with money. Yeah. And I was talking to this old blind lady one day who was white. Yeah. And uh, we were just, I forgot what we were talking about. And she just said out of nowhere, well, my mammy used to tell us. Wow. <laughs> and I immediately go to, wow. what is this, like 1850? <laughs> well, how old was this lady? Can I, I don't know. She was probably in her late 60s, early 70s. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, would it, couldn't there be white mammies? Maybe I doubt there. Were I mean, them. when I think of a mammy, I think of like a, a nanny. That's or a, a, I, a caretaker. I don't know. I, I, it's, I, it's probably because I saw Gone with the Wind when I was pretty young. Yeah. I just think of slavery when I heard the hear the term mammy. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, right. But keep going, babes. Okay. So. Uh, anyway, she has a mammy. Um, this is happening during the time of the civil war when a lot of their young men uh including a, a man named um ashley wilkes who uh scarlet is just madly in love with uh goes to the war along with uh charlie hamilton who is the brother of melanie hamilton the cousin of uh some people i can't remember what their names were mm-hmm. and Scarlett has been jealous of Melanie Hamilton because Melanie Hamilton is getting married to Ashley Wilkes. Yes. Scarlett doesn't like that. She's uh, She goes to a barbecue and a ball that um, I think was it her family that was giving? or I believe so. Yeah. And um, she's been flirting with pretty much every man and uh, she ends up marrying... Char- I'm not going to give up away everything because it's so... There's so many things in this movie. Well, again, I think um, I do believe that most people have seen it, but keep going. Yeah, but it basically is is chronicling her life, her marriages. Uh, all this is is happening around the time of the Civil War. Um, one of her husbands dies in the war, and um, and it's talking. It also um, addresses. Um, the relationships between whites and blacks at the time. In fact, um, um, some of the the blacks were referred to as darkies, and then um, and uh, uh, Scarlet's mammy referred to some of the white people as a uh, poor white trash. So I thought it was kind of interesting, mm. um, and very honest, mm-hmm. and very honest. Um, now, what and and, and a. Clark Gable's in this movie too, which he really did a, real, a very good job of of uh, in the movie. And um, I am so thankful that I am I can now say that I've seen Gone with the Wind. It's a very good movie, a uh, very um, so many teachable moments in this movie, and I think every young person should see it. I know that this movie has been criticized. Yes. And I want to be sensitive to that because I could understand if this movie was made today and it showed black people acting like they did in this movie, mm-hmm. where it would be, it would be, it's extremely racist. Mm-hmm. But I feel that people don't give it the proper context of not only was this movie made in the late 30s, mm-hmm. but it's also set in the Civil War era when society was much different than it is today. Um I told you this earlier. There's a good argument to be made that this is the best movie ever produced. Oh, it's it's so good. It's not my favorite movie, mm-hmm. 
but I get the argument. I, I, I could argue that this is the best movie ever made. It's the most important movie ever made too, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. One, it's not just that it's a civil war movie, but it's one that was made when veterans from that era were still alive. Mm. So I think that keeps it a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the first color movies, if not the first. Mm. And I think that adds a different dimension to why it's important. Now, I know that they did experiments <clears throat> with Technicolor. Mm. But it's not it's not the accomplishment that this movie made. Right? Is it? Um, what did it look like to you? Did you like the, the color in this movie? Yeah. It doesn't look like color looks today, but... It's comparable to films made in like the fifties. Because oh, really? Because I know that some of the fifties movies we saw, you said, "Oh, that that's a beautiful scenery." Yeah, yeah, you're able to see that. Mm-hmm. Did you like the scenery in this movie? Absolutely. Okay, it's brilliant. It's it's so brilliantly done. Uh, I think the first black person who ever won an Oscar was because of this movie. Hattie McDaniel's one. Yes, yeah. and that also to keep it real, that's uh shines a spotlight to how racist the country was when this movie came out because she wasn't allowed to attend the Oscar ceremony. Right. At least I don't believe um, she was. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am. So you don't know that she, what she did or not. I remember hearing that she won the Oscar, but wasn't allowed. No, I'm sorry. It was the premiere of this movie. The premiere was in Atlanta and Hattie McDaniels wasn't allowed to attend the premiere. Because of the, because of how segregated it was. Yes. Okay. Like, think about that. You're in a movie that you're eventually going to win an mm-hmm. Oscar for, and you're not allowed to go to the premiere because of I the know. color of your skin. I am glad that she did get the Oscar. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she got credit for her role because she was really good. She was very, very good. Yeah. And you could say that there's little things here about the acting where some of the performances fall short or this small part isn't believable. Mm-hmm. And that's also you have to look at the time when the movie was made. Film acting wasn't what it is today. Film screenwriting, people weren't as used to doing it as they are now. Mm. They didn't have Gone with the Wind to learn from or all these classic movies from that era. Mm. So I feel that it's unfair to just judge it by the lens of of today's standards Mm -hmm. and not really look at it contextually of when it was based and the period that it was released. And Mm. if you do that, I think it helps you understand why this is maybe the most important movie ever made. Hmm. In my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's not my favorite, but I can argue why it's the best movie ever made. Hmm. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's the best movie ever made or the most important film? I, I think it's one of the most important films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. Um, I I wish that I was able to see it. I was going to read the book in high school, but it's like nine volumes long. But I'm glad that I was able to um, watch the movie with you because I knew it was going to be a long movie. I think um, you told me that they had an intermission in the theater when you saw it, right? They did, yeah. Yeah. But it was so worth it. It was, it was, it went uh, beyond my expectations, I think. I hadn't seen it in 23 years. This is my fourth time viewing it, Mm -hmm. even though I do own a copy of it. Mm-hmm. I just haven't, you know, sat down and watched it because it is such a long, epic movie. And it's not the kind of movie you just want to put on when you're a little bit bored. No, you no, really no. want to immerse yourself in this No, film. you really want to be in the mood for it. And e- it... every time I watched it, yeah. I'm a little bit more impressed by it. 
Oh yeah, it, it was. It certainly impressed me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I hope I get to watch it more times than I did with you because it it certainly impressed me. It's one of those films. Again, you don't want to watch it, you know, just randomly. Yeah. But I think you should revisit once every, let's say, ten years. Yeah, because I one of my good friends. Um, from childhood told me a long time ago that she got to watch it and I'm like oh I thought oh I wanted to I wanted to watch it I don't know why I never had an opportunity to watch it until yesterday yeah so. I mean they did have video stores in the early 2000s oh my goodness I wasn't thinking about that back then folks yes to think about to put it in perspective of how long ago this movie was made yeah after we watched it I googled some of the cast uh-huh um now I told you, I think a week or two ago, maybe it was even yesterday, yeah. that Olivia de Havilland was the last person alive who worked and, on the movie. Was she like 102 or something? She was 104 and she died in 2020. That's crazy. But the little boy at the end of the movie, yeah. when it's Melanie is about to die, mm -hmm. I got it wrong because he's still alive, but he's now 89 years old. Wow. The one that played Bo. Yes. Okay. The, you know, one of the last scenes in the movie. Yeah. That little boy is now almost 90. And the the one that played uh, Bonnie Blue is, is she died. Uh, died in 2010. At the age of 76. And then didn't you say the maid Prissy died in 1995 or something? The rumor I heard was that she died in a house fire. That was, supposedly she was cooking something. And oh. I don't know what went wrong. But so that's what I was told. Wow. In early 96 that she had just died. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's such a powerful thing. Now, I know I've told you this before, but I want to get your perspective. Mm -hmm. The Now, there's a lot of great scenes in the movie, and, mm -hmm. and people are going to disagree about what their favorite moment is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but it's the one that sticks with me the most. Mm -hmm. And it's where Scarlett O'Hara is volunteering... To kind of like be a nurse for this doctor. And you see... Dr. Mead, right? Yeah. You see through like a sheet him getting ready oh. to cut off this guy's legs. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, no, don't cut. Oh, that was disturbing. That scene has stuck with me oh. since the first time I've seen this movie. I think it's the most powerful scene of the film. Wow. And what I'm wondering from you, and I know you can't answer completely... But now that you've seen the movie, what do you think it was like for Civil War veterans to go to the movie theater and see that scene? Oh, I would imagine that they would probably tear up because mm -hmm. the way that they um, took care of the, um, you know, when if somebody had um, had to get their a leg amputated, you think, oh my goodness, they didn't have any anesthesia. They had to, uh, their equipment probably wasn't, there wasn't. It wasn't as sanitary now. That's a yes. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and can you imagine that using equipment that was used over and over and over again because they didn't have any um, resources to sanitize their equipment? Yep. Oh, I just can't even, I mean, can you imagine that? I can't even imagine it. It makes me feel really, <laughs> it makes me, it's very disturbing to think about that. Mm -hmm. how, these sur how these surgeries happen where they had to be awake. They had to feel everything. And the equipment wasn't clean. Oh. You know what I'm thinking oh. about doing, babes? What? Is seeing if I can find on Google any 
accounts from Civil War veterans who saw Gone with the Wind and what they thought of the movie. Mm. Because I think that would be interesting. I would imagine that they would probably um, may have teared up or maybe there were scenes where they were angry or Mm -hmm. maybe they they saw things through compassionate eyes. Um, I don't know. The film, I think, was released nationally in early 1940. Mm -hmm. But it opened in, if I'm remembering my history right, it opened in select cities near the end of December of 1939. Wow. So what I'm wondering from you, Mm -hmm. people have grandkids. Mm -hmm. And the younger generation doesn't always understand the struggle that their ancestors dealt with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when this film came out, do you think that there are a lot of uncomfortable conversations between uh, younger kids, maybe young kids, is maybe kids in their teenage years, mm. and their grandparents who may have served in the war? There, there probably may have been, unless, depending on the grandparents, because if they want to talk to their their grandchildren about that which i honestly think it should start when they're younger yeah um because it would be less let maybe it would be less uncomfortable if it was explained to them age appropriately but i would imagine that the grandparents had a hard time and the kids had a hard time really would may have had a hard time listening to it because it was so you know uh, such a um a very um touchy subject i bet this film led to a lot of uncomfortable conversations between family members when it was first released yeah and probably led to a lot of tears and hopefully understanding right right uh we are going to do character discussions but this is one of those films that where you really have to spend some time with the movie as a whole Uh what do you think this film says about the power of art to move and teach. Mm. It says a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of teachable moments. It talks about an era in history that will forever be in history mm-hmm. um, that has shaped, um, that is, sh- and I think is still shaping um, race relations. And it's giving us an avenue to have really honest conversations about it. What are some scenes that you think are going to stick with you for the rest of your life? Mm. Um, I think when one of the scenes is when Bonnie Blue died. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And how Hattie, um, Hattie, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mammy, <laughs> her real name was Hattie. Yep. Bonnie Blue was um, Scarlet and... Um, a Scarlet and Rhett Butler's daughter and how Bonnie Blue dies and how Mammy was so close to that child because she's been taking care of so many children, Mm -hmm. but she was close to that child because that was Scarlet's daughter and how, I mean, Rhett Butler played by Clark Gable was obviously, I mean, he loved that daughter. He loved her so much. And I think it's because, he reminded her so he re, she reminded him so much of his wife Scarlett. Mm-hmm. 
and that, and how much he loved Scarlet, but he could not um, attain her. It it was like he could not he could not keep her to himself. Yeah, it felt like because she she loved somebody else, obviously, but he loved that little girl, and and Mammy loved her too. Everybody loved her, and the ladies that that wanted to to see um, to see her. Um, not, not her. I'm sorry. Um, the 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 people who knew about Bonnie Blue's death and how uh, Rhett was Rhett was not handling it well. And when uh, Mammy was saying, "This is, you know, I think he's out of his mind." Yeah, when he, Melanie comes over. Yeah, when when he's like, you know, Mrs. Wilkes, you know, he's out of his mind, and maybe you should talk to him. And that really, that really got to me. I really did. That's super powerful too. Yeah. Because again, you know that there were kids who died in that era. Yes. And that there were probably listen. I'm sure it didn't happen exactly like it did in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I'm sure there, there 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 were situations with a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um I could see where that would get to you. Another scene that got to me, too, because Melanie, you know, Melanie was such a kind woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I am sure she had to have known that Scarlett was in love with Ashley. I mean, yeah. how could you not know that? But when she told, she was talking to Scarlett and she said, you know, promise me uh, that you will um, look after Ashley. Okay, and she already knows. I mean, she had to have known that Scarlet really loved Ashley. Yeah. But she also said, be kind to Rhett. He loves you so. You know? And she really meant it. And that even in de- even even close to her death, she still loves Scarlet for whatever reason. And it's complicated because Scarlet also saved the life of Melanie and her baby. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance... That they would have died if not for her. Yeah, and Scarlett didn't have to do it. No. But Ashley said, take care of Melanie when I'm gone. He, She promised Ashley. And she mm-hmm. said, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Because Garlet, Scarlett was willing to, um, you know, walk to the end of the earth, the earth for him. And she said, oh, if I didn't promise Ashley. Yeah. If I didn't promise Ashley, I wouldn't have had to take care of Melanie. But she did it. She did. Another reason why I think this movie is so powerful is because Scarlet is a complicated villain. Oh, she does so many horrible things, and yet she saved the life of Melanie and her baby. And she was with Melanie um, until she died. Yes. And I'm wondering what what does this movie teach us about complicated villains? She's probably one of she's probably the most complicated villain that I ever. Well, Watch. let's say that let's <laughs> say that for after you've seen the end of the the boys or the liar. But for now, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, some would make okay. So I know that Gone with the Wind is different than DS Nine. Yeah, but remember that one episode where um, on DS Nine that um, that Captain Cisco had to make, and a lot of people thought he was a villain then. And a lot of people were uh, died because of his decision. Oh, are you thinking of uh, For the Uniform? Yes. Yeah. Now, I didn't think he was a villain afterwards. 
In fact, I, thought, I in fact I think I liked it more after that episode. Mm. That's a very divisive episode. It's very divisive, but I think that he's he has to be a good captain, and he also has to think he ha- he also has has to do what is best for the crew, mm-hmm. for the the defiant, for the space station, or whatever. Yeah, you know. Because he's a captain. So he has, you know, as a, a good captain will have to make very, very hard decisions. And there are, that he would have to face the consequences of those, those, those decisions. Yes. Right? So she is a very complicated villain, isn't she? She is. She didn't have to be with Melanie when she was giving birth, but she promised Melanie's husband. She also didn't have to... Um, she also did not have to, um, uh, be with Melanie when she died, but Scarlet said, I want, I want to, or Melanie said, I want to see Scarlet only. And for real, uh, even though she helped Confederate soldiers, Mm -hmm. they were human beings. And for a short time, at least she was helping with their care. But she also shot somebody. Yes. A spy, I think. Was it a Confederate spy? It wasn't a Confederate spy. What it was, I think it was a Union person who was separated from people. And he comes to Tara wanting, I think, wanting some food. And there wasn't a lot to be had. They were just starting to rebuild. And she shot him to protect her house and her people. Right. You know. And and Melanie helped with the burial, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Melanie didn't, you know, Melanie did participate in that. But, but... Now, what did you think about Melanie? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, she was such a kind um, woman, mm-hmm. kind, compassionate woman. Um, and, you know, she helped Scarlet with the burial, but she was always kind to Scarlet, even though Scarlet uh, was feuding with her inside. Well, it becomes a question. Is Melanie a pure, purely good person, as I believe Rhett says near the end of the movie? She's a good woman, yeah. Right. Or is she a pretty good person who knows that she has to survive and that Scarlet is strong enough to help her? And is her wanting to see Scarlet near the end of her life just an acknowledgement that, yeah, you may have wanted to get with my husband, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have survived without you. So is she purely good? Um, I don't, well, <clears throat> I, I mean, she's flawed like every, every other person, right? I mean, she, Absolutely. Did, she did help Scarlet with the, um, with the burial of a dead person, mm-hmm. but I think she was willing to see past the, um, the gritty and I think she was, she was, she was willing to see past the bad and the gritty and the ugly things about Scarlet. Yeah. Because I think she knew Scarlet can be a good person if she really wants to, but her good isn't really coming out. Also, I believe Melanie is Catholic. And I, I'm not... Oh, yeah, I think she. you might be right. I think Scarlet is too. Yeah, I'm not an expert on Catholicism. Uh, in case you hadn't figured that out by now. Oh, I know a little bit more... <laughs> okay. I know a little bit more, yeah. But from what I understand from my limited experience is that in Catholicism, 
there's emphasis on helping others and there's emphasis on the idea of forgiveness. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emphasis on um, good works. Yeah. And so that probably played into Melanie wanting to forgive and forget when it came to issues with Scarlett. I mean, I honestly think, I mean, I don't know how she was when she was younger, right? Mm -hmm. As a, a young child, but I would imagine that over the years, Melanie has changed. Um, and maybe if she was younger and she, um, I don't know how long she's known Scarlet. It's not said. Yeah. But if, if she may have been a jealous uh, person when she was younger, but maybe as she got older, she's like, you know what? Scarlet may be after my husband, but my husband's not going to leave me. I also think that Scarlet could be really good if she really wanted to be good and she can change. What does this film say about how tragedy can affect people? Because at mm. the beginning of it, Scarlet's always kind of evil, but at the beginning yeah. of the film, she's just a, a typical spoiled brat of yes. that era. Yes. And through the experience of war, yeah, she may be evil, but she is a survivor. Well, yeah, I mean, it may have changed her because when, when Rhett was really, really leaving her, mm -hmm. packing his suitcase, and he pretty much had the idea, well, you pretty much took everything from me. What else do I have left? I don't have you. I don't have Bonnie Blue. I'm pretty much desolate, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now. Yeah. Because you took everything, right? I mean, that's probably what he was thinking. And now that a man has said no to her, because a lot of men did not want to say no to her, she could probably get every man that she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, Ashley did. But but Ashley had just said no Ashley, to her that day. No to her that day. Um, but now that Rhett actually firmly said no, she's like, oh, not only... I mean, I have Tara... But now I don't have my now husband. Mm -hmm. And what did she say at the end? I kid, maybe I will, maybe someday I will get him back. Uh, and then she's like, I'll try again. I'll get him back. I'll get him back tomorrow. After all, tomorrow is another day. <laughs> You're funny. I tapped this you. other next. <laughs> I know. I know. But, <laughs> but what is, and I, maybe I didn't ask it right. Okay. What does this movie say about survivors and, and how tragedy can make you into survivor? Mm. As opposed to being in survivor mode? Well, as opposed to being, if the Civil War had never happened, mm. Scarlet would have just been a spoiled brat. Yes. She would have been a mean spoiled brat. Yes, she would have. And yes, she turns into the villain of the movie, but she also turns into a survivor who yes. can handle herself. Yes. It, it may have made her stronger. Because what if she doesn't get back together with Rhett? Mm -hmm. What And she also has to survive the death of her daughter that maybe she didn't really care for. Yeah. But she's gone so far. Maybe there will be people around her that will help her um, get back on her feet again. But she will be a stronger person for it. There are many different obstacles in life. Yes. And... Up until this point, hopefully we'll, we'll never see anything like this uh -huh. in our lifetime here in the U.S. Uh -huh. and, and, and by the way, it's it's horrible when it happens anywhere. But I live in the U.S., uh -huh. so that's why the emphasis. Yes. 
we have not dealt with a modern day equivalent of the Civil War. Yeah. But I keep going to through two people actually did, even if we don't have them around to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, if a civil war broke out in the US or if you if you lived through something like that, how do you think that would change your perspective on life? Oh, I'm sure it would change me a lot. I, I'm sure that um, I would be wiser beyond my years. Mm. If I was a young woman in the the um, 1860s, mm-hmm. if I grew up in the um, in that era, I think it would change me a lot. I don't know that it would harden me, but I think it would make me appreciate um, my life. Yeah. Oh, and you know what else got me too? What's up? When all those bodies, all those yeah. men were just moaning and groaning because they know. were in pain. I know. And I'm like, I can understand why these these girls that were watching the movies would be uh, the movie would cry. So I, I not sure if I said it here, but when I saw the movie in the theater mm-hmm. in 1998, I did tell you this. Mm-hmm. In the intermission, you could hear teenagers, teenage girls crying. Yeah. And I thought that that was so powerful because at that point, the movie was almost 60 years old. Wow. You know. It's a powerful movie. I mean, it, it, I think it hits both old and young people. There there were a lot of, you could hear them audibly crying. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. You know what I'm thinking of, babes? I'm not sure I can do this, though, because yeah. uh, it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. But I have a buddy who has never seen Gone with the Wind. Are you serious? He he was raised in, in uh, India. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, I know who that is. And yes. he said to me the other day, hey, Rick, you should do another movie night. Mm-hmm. This is a, I'm a super close friend with this guy. Yeah, the right? one I, I, I know who this is, right? Yeah, yeah, really close friend. Okay. Actually, he's my best male friend. But anyways, yeah. he's never seen Gone with the Wind. Part of me wants to show it to him. And, but part of me also thinks that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, here's the thing. I th- if you're going to do that, yeah. I wouldn't show it to him all in one day. Yeah, you might be right about that. I think you should separate it into two parts. Because the first part's really powerful, too, especially. Mm-hmm. But the second part, oh, even more powerful. Well, just Or maybe just as powerful as the first part. You need to digest this movie a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad that we were able to watch it. I was, I was in the mood to watch the whole thing, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. But I think with him, because he's from another country. Yeah. And not only can should you have a two-parter uh, thing with him, but I also think you should discuss it with him, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's very analytical, so he would be down for discussing it. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. But it's such a powerful movie. Yeah. Wow. So so were, were um, older women crying, too, in the movie, or are you just... Heard the there may have been, girls. but I I heard a lot of teenage girls crying. They sounded like teenagers. To me. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a powerful movie. Let's talk about Mammy for a minute. Mammy. It starts off sees a slave, mm-hmm. and spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't study their history: mm-hmm. slavery is now illegal thanks to the Civil War. Yes, it is. The, the South uh, lost. It's illegal. Yes. Mammy stayed with the family. Yeah. From my understanding of history, that happened a lot. Yeah, they, they live with the family for the rest of their life. And what I'm curious is, mm-hmm. did Mammy stay with the family 
because she felt obligated to or because there was no place else for her to go or a combination mm-hmm. of the two things? Well, I honestly think she grew to love the family. Mm. I do. I mean, the way that she was interacting with Scarlett and Sue Ellen, her sister, and the other younger uh, siblings. I think she had younger siblings mm-hmm. in the movie and the the fellow um, staff members, right? Yeah. I honestly think she did love these 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 people. I don't... And maybe she didn't have a place to go and maybe she felt obligated, but I honestly think she grew to love these people. I mean, why else would she um, mourn the loss of Bonnie Blue? Yeah, that's true. And how she interacted with them, um, um, you know, Mr... You know, how she, how she called... Her Miss Scarlet, Mr. Rhett. Yep. Um, you know, Mr. Wilkes, Mrs. Wilkes. I mean, she really loved these people, I think. Mm. I don't think she referred to them as poor white trash, except for the people she didn't like. <laughs> Do you think that Scarlet is there when Mammy dies? Because at some point she will pass away. I would imagine she was. Because mm. I because she went back to Tara. Yeah. So so here's something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Mitchell, you may or may not know this, I think passed away in 1949. Oh, wow. She was a person who wrote the book version of Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And if I remember the story right, she was crossing a street and was hit by a drunk driver. Oh. It's a horrible way to go out. Oh. But hopefully it was fast. Hopefully she didn't feel anything. Yeah. yeah. In 1991... Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote a, I guess what you would call a sequel to Gone with the Wind. Now, personally, if it didn't come from Margaret Mitchell, I think of it as more fan fiction. Yes. But that's my own view of it. Okay. And it was called Scarlet. I think her family, Mitchell's family authorized it, though. Scarlet? Okay. Yeah. And in 94 or 95, CBS did a miniseries based on the Scarlet novel. And I never got to see it. Yet. Yeah. I didn't get to see it. I saw parts of it, mm-hmm. and by this time, I'd already seen Gone with the Wind twice. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt kind of wrong watching it. Because you know how the original movie was. Not only that, but I know that it didn't really have involvement from not only anybody from the original movie, but from the writer of the original, of the book that it was based on. Oh, well. Like, Margaret Mitchell didn't write the sequel that the... But the her mini- family authorized it. Yeah, but what does that even mean, really? Yeah. Yeah, what does, does that, that mean? Does that mean that they felt that this author was great and would do this, the characters justice? Mm-hmm. Or does that mean that they had hit on hard times right. and needed some money? Or does that mean that they wanted more notoriety and they thought that this would help with that? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, for, from your perspective, would you ever seek out the miniseries? I don't know that I would. Mm-hmm. Because the, the um, Gone with the When movie is so epic that I, I think it would just... Um, I think it would, what's the word I'm looking for? It would destroy the image of Scarlet's yeah. family. It almost feels like a bastardization to me. Right. It's like dumbing down the, <laughs> dumbing down, um, what Scarlet's family was really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, it's possible that Scarlet was there when Mammy died. I mean, she, she pretty much uh, raised Scarlet. Yeah. And her, her siblings. That's true. Yeah. 
uh, th- there's so much to say about this. So I, I want to, I know we're not going to get to everything and, and this is a film that people revisit. Yeah. Are you going to talk about this film with your family members? Oh, of course with friends, with family members. I mean, it's such a, Oh, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know any of my family members if they've watched it. Cause I'm sure they've heard of it, but it's such a good movie. Yeah. And it's so, it just tugs at your heartstrings. It really does. And it really says something about the movie <coughs> that is so old. And we're not just saying this is a great movie like we do with a lot of stuff, but this yeah. is, it's still so powerful and in, in some ways divisive too. Yes, it is. That it says something about the filmmakers. Right. But I'm glad that we are so free to talk about movies like this. Yes. It's such um, it's divisive for a reason. Yeah. And I think it's good that we, um, as divisive as it can be, we can still talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's such a powerful movie, and it's so worth seeing. I mean, um, who directed it? It had three different directors. I don't remember everybody, but I think Victor Fleming was one of the directors. Victor Fleming. Yeah. Don't be around him when he's Fleming. Exactly. No. And no, no, and from what from what I understand. Mm-hmm. When it was made, it was the most expensive production ever in the history of motion pictures. I believe it. And there were a lot of issues with the production because it did have three different directors. I, I, if I remember right, and I could have it wrong, Mm -hmm. Clark Gable was pretty much cast at the last minute. Really? Yeah. That surprised me because he was so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. Um, what do you think it was like for Vivian Lee? Because you're in this movie mm-hmm. that is so powerful and is so successful, and that's great, but it pretty much is guaranteed to eclipse anything else you do in your career after that. I don't know. I don't know what she might have been thinking. Mm. Maybe she wasn't thinking, oh, this could be the the one movie that starts my career but ends it I yeah know. i don't know and in a way that's what it did with everybody i mean clark um, gable was in successful movies after this what about olivia de hamilton de hamilton yeah she was in other stuff but everybody who made this movie that's what they're remembered for oh yeah you know yeah and that's that's both great i mean i would love to be in something like gone with the winds mm-hmm. but i would also it would be, I, I think I would have complicated emotions because you know that when you died, the first thing is going to be gone with the wind after died, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Most noted for uh, her role as Scarlet in Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they were also on Cheers for nine seasons. <laughs> you know, Gone with the Wind trumps every other movie credit you can have. It pulls have. everything out of the water. Yeah. Vivian Lee was not on Cheers. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. She was the older lady that Sam was trying to get with. Yeah. <laughs> and ironically, her name was Scarlet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she died of Scarlet fever. <laughs> no, but that, that had to be interesting for the actors. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. When did it, it happen? One night came after um, Gone with the Wind. No, it came out in 34. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. I think that's the other piece. I mean, this movie is <laughs> the biggest film of his career. Mm-hmm. But that's another one that people kind of talk about is mm-hmm. It Happened One Night. 
Was there an actor named um, Benjamin Partridge? It sounds familiar. I don't know why. Well, because I told you that I read a fictional story about a murder that happened um, and uh, a bunch of uh, celebrity or Hollywood celebs in that time era, mm. like a T Tallulah Bankhead, which I heard her name. Yeah. And um, I think Humphrey Bogart was in the book. And then there was... Um, uh oh um Clark Gable and some other folks and they were um they're trying to figure out who killed Ben Partridge interesting I don't know if there's a, a person named Benjamin Partridge that was an actor nice yes a few more questions about Gone with the Winds yes what happens <laughs> to Rhett after he leaves Tara I think he just looks out for Rhett and he never gets close I... to anybody well, I think he just, it's possible that he gets depressed and he isolates himself until he dies. Mm. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. It's so sad because Rhett had a lot of money, right? Yeah. Rhett had a lot of money. He he felt like Scarlett only married him for his money. He She, she was really in love with Ashley Wilkes. Yeah. So she wasn't married, you know, and he's been wondering about, well, Scarlett, what are you going to marry men that you don't, that, that you, um, when are you going to stop marrying men that you don't love? Yeah. And in fact, she never loved any of the men that she married. Well, it's, it's hard to say at, uh, towards the end because she says that she loved Rhett. But she discovered that the last day she that discovered that she really loved Rhett. Yeah. So she didn't discover it until it was already too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm. I would imagine that Red doesn't have much of an existence after that because she he felt like, you know, Scarlet took pretty much everything from him. I think he dies in a couple of years, his character. Another scene that I forgot to mention that really got to me. Tell me. Remember that time when um that scene where where Rhett gets really drunk? Oh yeah. And it was implied because remember when when he said, Well, you know, you think you could just turn me out, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, this time, well, tonight you're not real, you're not going to have the chance to turn me out again or whatever it was. And it's implied that he takes her upstairs. And rapes her. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. But wasn't it kind of interesting, though, when she goes downstairs? Or was it downstairs? She wakes up Mammy, I think, or she goes to see Mammy in the morning. Yeah, and she's happy. And she's happy. So it's implied either um either they get close or or he rapes her. I don't know. It's implied that he rapes her. It's implied that he rapes her. But it's also implied that that's what she needed, which is another reason I could see why people watching it now without knowing about the history of it would look at this movie as very problematic from that scene alone. Yeah. And um, it's it's disturbing actually. Yeah, it's, it's very, very disturbing. disturbing. That brings up another question. Yeah. Can we judge? I know these are just characters, but it's again, it goes down to they represent people that actually lived, even if not specific people, right? Because it's in it's it's kind of like it's a representation of that time. So mm. um I imagine mm -hmm. that during and after the Civil War. Yeah. There are men who raped their wives. And at the time, it was looked at as not really a big deal. Like in this movie. Yeah. 
Because of what they went through during the war? Because of what they went through and also society was different. Yeah. So <clears throat> rape is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. And is it fair to judge those men by today's standards? If they were still around today. Yeah, but but, but they're not. But they're not. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a really hard question. Mm-hmm. Because now marital rape is actually recognized as actual rape now. And which is sort of always. Which been. should have been, yeah. Because because even if uh, the wife is is married to that man, the, that man should not force himself on her if she doesn't want it. Correct. Um, with any, with any rapes that happen, it shouldn't be forced, um, at all. Um, so I don't know what to, I don't know. That's hard to say. That's hard to say. I, I, I don't know. That's fair. (laughs) I don't know. And maybe that's just something to think about. Right. Yes. I mean, I guess the same question would, would, you know, because people thought of child abuse very differently before it was national news. Absolutely. Right? So if a woman or a man regularly hit their children, but they hurt them, um, would we be able to judge those former parents of those children? Yeah, it's so tough to so say. So it's hard to say. I, I don't I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, in some... In some way, I want to say it's not fair to judge people from the past by today's standard. Mm-hmm. And it is also appropriate to put it into context and say, yes, it's not fair, but let's also look at their actions. Let's mm-hmm. not, it, It's not fair to judge them, but let's acknowledge that they did some shady stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that opinion could change over time. Yes. It also. Well, so sorry. Go ahead. No, but I, I was going to say really quick. If they were alive today, for sure, they would. Um, they would have to face the consequences. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Um, what was considered child abuse during the Civil War? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. But it does. It's it's an interesting question. So yeah, we think of spanking is 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 extreme in a lot of cases. A lot of people do. I do, and I know and we I, disagree. And on I, that. Yeah, we definitely disagree on it. But was it okay to just straight up beat your kids in public during the Civil War? I don't know. Another question would, I mean, and this is, you know, forms of child abuse, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just physical abuse. It was sexual abuse. And it was also verbal abuse. That wasn't in the national news until much later. So if those things were going on, you know, they they wouldn't have been recognized as abuse, Mm. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if sexual abuse was considered a thing during the Civil War. I don't know. It's I hard mean, to say. and unfortunately, we're talking about white people, right? Because, and only because of the fact that we have some sense that it was considered okay for white slave masters to force themselves upon their slaves. But the, but there that was also happening. I don't know when this started, but it was also happening in the black community, but was not um, was not talked about. Yeah. So there, I didn't read this book, and I don't know that I would. Go ahead. But there's a book um, written by Toni Morrison called The Bluest Eye. And it's about a black girl. I think her name is Pecola. I've I've read a little bit about it, but I never read the book. And she wishes to be white because of the way that she looks. Mm. But 
it is found out later on that she is she has been raped by her father. So those things are happening in the black community as well. Now, but when did that start in the black community while the Civil War was going on or after? Well, I'm sure it happened before and I'm sure it happens today. Um, it, it's, it's always, but the reason I put it in, in terms like that is because it it's wrong, but it wasn't considered rape for a, a white man to rape a sway, a slave. Yeah. Um, and then, and it should have absolutely been considered wrong, but it right, wasn't right. 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 Mm-hmm. To the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Did you yeah. know them? Speaking of what, did you know that, uh, brown sugar, um, in the rolling of the rolling stones, I read that that was about, um, that was about raping, um, underage slaves. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And, and Mick Jagger's like, if I knew what the lyrics were, I wouldn't have sung it. Oh, so he didn't write the song then. No, like if I knew about what that song was written about, he 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 would not have. And oh, okay, yeah, you should read about the um the song "Brown Sugar" by the Rolling Stones. Interesting. So somebody else wrote it. I think so. Nice. Yeah, I was like, whoa! I did not know that. Mm. I would think of Brown Sugar the same way again. Oh, Brown Sugar. Yeah. He's an interesting guy, Mick Jagger. Um, he is an interesting guy because when he was married, he would openly have kids with other women. Wow. And I think some of the moms were on welfare. Wow. Like, could you imagine that? I know. You're on welfare and your dad is a super rich, famous rock star. He also, I also heard that um, uh, Mackenzie Phillips, when she wrote the book uh, about what happened with her and her dad. Yeah. Mackenzie Phillips was kind of um, broken in by Mick Jagger, from what I understand. Wow. I don't know if that's correct. Like, when she was 18, she apparently did stuff with Mick Jagger. Mm. And I'm like, ew. That's gross, babes. That is gross. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know. Yes. I don't know. He seems like he's an interesting guy. Yes. And he's still alive. Yes. I think Jerry Hall was one of his wives. Um, I think she was like a model, right? She was. Jerry Hall, yeah. Yes, yes. I forgot who else he was married to. I don't know, babes. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else you want to say about Gone with the Wind? Oh, you got you. You got to see it. Yes. If you haven't seen it yet, you've got to see it. Strong seven. No, 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 no. no. I would give it a nine. No, it's I. I would I. Can, I can make an argument for a ten. A ten, a yeah. nine, or a ten. Yes. So good. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. Okay. There we go, J. Wall. There we go. Okay. Go see Gone with the Wind. Go see Gone with the Wind. I I am so glad I got to see this in a movie theater. Yeah. It was the third time I saw it, but still. Yeah. It was, it was I really have a feeling, I really do want to see if it's undescriptive. I'm sure it is. And if it is, I'm going to get it. Nice. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, I've seen Wizard of Oz in a movie theater, too. Oh, The Wizard cool. of Oz is a great, uh, great movie. Yeah. I, 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 I heard it looked really cool in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Medium, medium. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, the yellow big wood. Very good, Jewel. I think some of the munchkins are gone now. I think they're all dead. That movie came out, I think, the um, same year, thirty nine. I right? think one, one, uh, maybe they are. I'm not sure. I thought one of them was still alive. Mm. Jerry something. I don't know, babes. I don't know, but they're all dead. Oh. Most of them are anyway. 
And there's that rumor mm-hmm. that somebody committed suicide on the set of Wizard of Oz. And that if you look closely at the film, it's on there. Really? Someone committed suicide on the Wizard of Oz? Who? Well, I don't know if it's true. But a rumor was that one of the munchkins hung himself. Oh. And the thing I've heard is that they went back and digitally removed it from the DVD. Yeah. But if you have an old video cassette copy, and if you pause at just the right point and look really hard, you mm. can see them hanging themselves. Wow. I don't know if that's true. What scene, though? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but who knows if that's true or not. I don't know. You know how that stuff goes. That may not be true. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder, babes, mm. if Vivian Lee was close to Judy Garland just because of the fact that they both had, you know, those two huge movies, which were phenomenons. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, you're right, because, uh, but Judy Garland was so much younger than her. She was like a teenager when that came out. Yeah, but so I wonder if having such a huge watershed movie like they both had around the same time would make them close. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, because cause, cause Judy Garland was great in that one. What was the one that we saw with her? A Star is uh, Born. A Star is Born. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. It's a great movie. But she's always going to be... Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Yes, but she was so good in that movie, mm-hmm. A Star is Born. Yes. They shouldn't have remade it. No, they remade it a couple of times. Did they? They did it once in the 70s with Chris Christopherson really? and Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay, And then the right. one with Lady Gaga. But the one that we watched is a remake of an older movie. Wow. Which in itself is a remake of another older movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, okay. Um, or I guess a ripoff. Uh but yeah, so it's been remade several times. Hmm. Yes. When was the last time you watched uh, like a movie like uh, My Fair Lady? Because I I haven't seen it in years. Probably when I was twelve. It's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yes. 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 There are plenty of movies to watch. I said you wanted to watch Fiddler on the Roof sometime. Yes. And I said, well, why don't we pair that with Raging Bull? And they said, I'll think about it. I'm oh. not sure if I'm going to promise you that, but. Yes. We'll have to start our movie night at like four in the afternoon. I but know. I'd, I'd be willing to do it for something <laughs> like that, though. Yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes. That's white. That's white. Well, babes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Did, were there any dreams? I did not have any dreams, but I certainly slept soundly last night. I did too. I was tired. Yes. Because the last couple of days I was not sleeping very well, but I, I was very, very tired. Oh. Yes. Good. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Mm, no, I don't no. think so. That we good, babes. That we good. Go see Gone with the Wind. Go see Gone with the Wind and Doughty Walk and and uh, and the Help. Yeah, yes. the Help. The Help is good too. Yeah, that's actually interesting that we watched Gone with the Wind and the Help within a day of each other. I know, isn't that? Mm-hmm. 
Makes for good conversation, don't we? We might have to do a civil rights uh, weekend. Oh, goodness. You're like, oh, I don't know about that bunch. I don't think I want to watch Amistad. That yes. sounds really heavy. Now, you said that you wanted to uh, explore the life of Mark Twain a little bit more. Yes. Which I could see after watching Gone with the Wind. Yes, yes, absolutely. Ken Burns, I told you this morning, did a two-part documentary. Mm-hmm. Potentially, since I'm not going to be here tomorrow, and we usually do movie nights on Saturdays, we could watch both parts of the documentary uh, with my mixer. Mm. What do you think about that? That might be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That might be fun. Two parters, like like um, how long is each part? If I remember, they're like an hour and a half. Okay. So we could take a break in the middle. Yes. Yes, after the first part. Okay. 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 Was there? You feel good, babes? Is there anything else you want to say? Yeah. Yeah. What else do you want to say? Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, that would that that was. Um, I think I ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I think we're gonna end it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye, bye for now. Bye, bye.